Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Hey there, and welcome to another amazing episode of Trade Show University, the podcast for virtual and live events. We help you get better results for every event, whether it's virtual, digital, live, hybrid. This is the place to be if you want to improve those results. I am Jim Sturmack. I'm your host. Welcome back to campus once again. This is going to be a great episode as we are talking all about virtual events, especially I'm talking to the people that really, really want to put on their own virtual events and you want to get beyond Zoom or beyond a free uh, a free offer to give you way more capabilities. So maybe you want to have a, a, an expo, a conference, a trade show, but you want to do it virtually and you need to go to something where it's a bigger platform. And you, if you look out there, there are hundreds of platforms available. So how do you make the right choice? So I found two experts Brought him on here to talk about finding the right platform, what questions to ask, what things to look for, what things to consider, what to do out there with all of these different platforms. I have Brian Scott from Cleartone Consulting and Heather Holtz Knudsen from H2K Partners. They are knee deep in all of the virtual event world and the different platforms. You're going to get so much great information from this episode. So I can't wait to dive in uh, to their interview with you. But first, I just when we're talking about virtual events and platforms, it's time to become an expert. Whether you want to do that for your own company or maybe you want to be a consultant and help other companies with virtual events, I got to tell you, you got to get over to the Virtual Events Institute because they have an amazing, amazing certification program. One of the first in the industry, and it has over 15 hours of content from 17 leading subject matter experts. It's going to help you increase revenue, grow your reach. It's going to break down every area of virtual events and help you become an expert and get you certified. I am a partner with the Virtual Events Institute, so very proud partner, and I am able to offer you 10% any of their programs. So get over to virtualeventsinstitute.com and use the offer code VP02. That's V is in virtual, P is in program, and the number zero two. So do that and you'll get 10% off any of their programs. So again, get over to virtualeventsinstitute.com and check out their certification training program. It is really, really amazing and it is a game changer. So now let's get into our interview with Brian and Heather. Well, welcome back everybody. Really my gosh, really, really excited to have on two guests who are just rock stars in the event space. And I, I want to just introduce them to you. I have on today Brian Scott and Heather Holz Knudsen. 
Brian is the president and CIO of Clear Tone Consulting, which offers virtual chief information officer services to businesses of all sizes. Brian has enjoyed a 35-year technology career with the last 20 years at sea level and includes 20 years in the trade show and event industry as well. He has an expertise in software development and products, cybersecurity, data center operations, and events industry technology. Brian has been CIO for Experient and is also a board member of IAEE and SEER. And Heather, Heather Holes Knudsen is the founder and managing partner of H2K Partners, a boutique consulting firm that helps event, event tech, and media companies modernize their revenue organizations and future-proof their businesses. H2K Partners' impressive client list includes Feather, Gleanin, Morgan Stanley Multicultural Innovation Lab, the American Society of Mechanical Engineers, and the National Retail Federation. Heather has extensive experience in B2B events, media, and event tech. She's launched successful and award-winning conferences and won multiple awards herself for driving innovation within the B2B industry. And together, Brian and Heather are launching a brand new service called Tech Match, which I'm really, really excited to hear about because it's something that the industry needs. So Brian and Heather, welcome to Trade Show University. Say hello to everyone listening today. It's nice to be here. Thank you, appreciate it. I really, really, like I said, I'm excited because we're going to be diving into the topic of virtual events and virtual platforms. And this is something that I've heard from so many listeners, so many people out there from, from exhibitors, just not knowing how to, uh, how to navigate the platforms, but really more from those event organizers and show producers that are really having a tough time picking the right ones and not knowing you know, what the selection criteria should be and all that good stuff. So tell us a little bit about just about the whole market right now. What is going on in the virtual event platform market? Well, there's a lot going on. And that's that's part of the, the problem, right? Is there's so much going on so fast in today's world. COVID has, obviously, this is an obvious statement to everyone that's in the industry. It's just turned everything up on its end. And it's forced change faster than this industry's ever experienced, ever in the history of the industry. There's been every organization, every event organizer, and almost every supplier and vendor has had to pivot to react to this. And so there's been a lot of chaos, but, there, but in chaos, there's always a lot of opportunity and a lot of innovation that's going on. And so everyone is uh, familiar that the virtual event platform space is really exploding. There's many, many new companies. Almost every week, there are new organizations that are entering that space with new product offerings. At last count that I saw, there was nearly 300 virtual event platforms. Wow. wow. When you do enough Googling and, and find it. <laughs> and so there's a lot of platforms, a lot of functionality, you know, a lot of marketing statements and promises. And it's just become a very difficult place for people to really understand exactly, you know, what they're trying to get and, and, and what they need. And so, so it's, it's created, again, a lot of opportunity and some exciting uh, opportunities in, in the space. Well, I, I actually, just to reinforce what Brian just said, you know, I just got off a call with a client earlier. You have a, actually, the reason why there are so many platforms is that um, one, you have the incumbents who are already there, like the VFairs and Trados, et cetera. You also have the incumbent on the webinar side who looked at an opportunity, but 
Both of those two are using old tech. So they're trying to speed up with what the needs are for these virtual events. You have registration companies who came in and like, okay, well, how do I play in? So let me launch my own event platform to tie into registration. And you have the AV production companies who are like, okay, well, I can't do live. So how do I start going in and now offering a, a virtual platform? Then you have the niche event tech companies like the matchmaking or marketing companies who are, well, now I'm an event and platform. And, and then you have startups like Hopin, you know, who has gotten over $150 million in funding. So what you're talking about is a, a market with so many players, with different pricing models, with different features and functions, none of which, by the way, actually do what I call the full suite. Like they're, 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 everyone has a gap. Right. And you can't be all things to all people. But personally, I believe that there is a core missing in one platform that can manage the integration with registration, provide all of that user experience, features and functions on the attendee side, the whole content scenario. And then you have the whole sponsor side, which is severely lacking. And then I won't even get into the back end and the reporting. So, so yeah, you have a big colossal mess out there. <laughs> and, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the, the whole populating of this universe of event platforms has come about because no one who is looking to shop for these event platforms knows what they're looking for. And so they all look good. They all sound like they can, they can meet the needs. Is that, does that pretty much sum it up? Yes. And, 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 and but there's a lot of layers to that onion, as I like to say, oh, the yeah. first part is what I saw in the beginning is all of these event organizers were so frantic and time could like we have to get something out so they were looking at what was out there they didn't even know what they were looking for and they were trying to superimpose an in-person experience in a virtual format so that was massive mistake then they started to get smarter they're like wow that did not work but then they also realized wow this is a ton of work actually to produce a virtual event they thought it would be easier they thought it'd be cheaper they left out a lot on the production side, content, et cetera. And, you know, you, so, so I just think the confusion in the market in terms of what your event needs to be, what the skill sets are to support it, and then what are the platforms, I, not one, who are your partners, your vendors, et cetera. All of that has been this big learning curve. And what's interesting is that with so many vendors available, you know, and so much functionality coming into the space, you would think that that would bring a lot of satisfaction, you know, and a lot of this is great, you know, our, our problems are solved. But what we find, which was really striking to both Heather and I, is that with the more event organizers that we speak to, there's actually a surprising amount of dissatisfaction with the experiences. Okay. That, and that's at the event organizer level. It's at the attendees level. It's at the and, you know, in worst case, it's at the exhibitor and the sponsor level. I mean, you, and we can't have that, right? You know, I mean, and not and have successful, healthy events that move forward. And so it was really this strange juxtaposition between all these great new things and eye candy and, hey, we can do all this stuff. And yet people weren't satisfied. And I think that what, what, what Heather and I believe that came down to is, is this chaos and this confusion that we were talking about earlier and the fact that with these types of platforms and with what they're presenting, 
it takes a really a significant amount of time and a significant amount of knowledge and expertise in, in deeply in these platforms to really be able to differentiate between them and to understand what can I really do with this for my attendees and exhibitors and sponsors. And when, they're, when that misunderstanding might exist or expectations are confused, then you end up with these dissatisfied you know, experiences that our people are, are having. And so that's part of the chaos that's like in the, in the marketplace right now. Yeah. The dissatisfaction is definitely evident throughout the, throughout the market, throughout the industry. And so it's almost like we're, we're moving on to phase two. A lot of uh, the event organizers put on their first events and, and have that level of dissatisfaction. And now, you know, some of them are, are learning. Some of them are, are trying to figure out, okay, what do I do next? So, so what would you say, what would be some, some tips for for those event organizers when they're going through that next round of, okay, we need a different platform because that one didn't re- didn't resonate with the audience, didn't, didn't meet the needs of the sponsors. What would be some, some good things that they would uh, be looking for? Well, I think it, it, I'll just start and then I'll, let, I'll give you Heather that this, because this is really up her alley, but, and, and this is what really, impressed me with Heather when, when we first started working together with this idea is that she understands the event organizers mentality and how they look, right. And how they look at and perceive the event's value. But it starts there because there's a lot of different verticals or teams, you know, within associations or, or any organization, and they all have some different needs and desires that they want to get out of the event. Right. So it starts there with having help in organizing and prioritizing that internal need list, right? You know, and that's a lot of work in and of itself, right? And they didn't have to do that before because everyone was so used to face-to-face. We knew how it worked, right? And Heather really excels at understanding it, how to how to, how to work with folks to extract those kind of you know, priorities and get clear and get alignment on that side. But that's where it begins. Thank you, Brian. That's really, uh, thank you for the kind words. And that really does have a lot to do in just terms of my understanding is, you know, I've been an operator, right? And not just a consultant, I've operated and run events and I was doing hybrid events back in 2010. But, and so I get the pain. It is painful and I get what mistakes can be made. And so the goal is trying to understand how to, you know, remove those already, like I already made them for you. So let me help you not. But to Brian's point about the needs assessment, it's who did, first of all, who needs to be at the table? I think it was a huge mistake that happened in the beginning. Like, okay, we need to do a virtual event, go have the event director go out or the operations and logistics person find the platform. They do the event evaluation, they platform in a silo. They then pick the platform like, oh, great, we're on XYZ platform. All of a sudden the content people go, but wait a minute, it costs, they're gonna charge us every single time we add on a concurrent track and we have 10 concurrent tracks. So now we have to modify our event based on the platform you took or attendee marketing and it doesn't integrate with the registration system or you know matchmaking and meetings is a key part of the delivery to sponsors and they got a platform that does not know how to do that. So getting the key stakeholders from the very beginning, from the needs assessment and understanding the priority and importance of a must have to a like to have 
from those key stakeholders is critical. Then when you go through that process, understanding how you're going to weigh, you know, balance those features and functions that are must-haves versus like-to-haves, you know, and not, you know, don't want. And then there's a whole other part of this is, you know, pivoting as you go, they have to, you have to help them also evolve their event strategy if they're going in. So it's like helping them ideate to ensure that the platform they have will not only work, but that they can offer the right things to their audience. And then I, and and just also with that, there's something that Brian and I both learned in this last engagement we have is the support required. And, you know, many of these platforms out there are self-serve. Okay. Or they give you training and five hours of CSM support, but it, you're doing everything, right? And, and so that can be a shock to a lot of event organizers who are like, well, wait a minute, I need the production person to do this, et cetera. So really also understanding the full swath of partners you need to make that virtual event go. And does your team have the skills, right? Because it's a different skill set. Everything is different from... Mm-hmm the content you're creating and how it's generated to how leads are generated for your sponsors and exhibitors, when and how they're delivered, the reporting data, all of it's different. So so I think all of these things have come into play of, you want to talk about a huge learning curve of, oh, let's get a platform to everything needs to be considered. And and then I'll get into, you know, Brian's expertise, which is the technology. It's the security. It's the stability of the platform. I've heard of major, you know, no name platforms literally crashing in the middle of an event for hours. You know what? You can't get that time back. No. The second part, you know, ensuring that it can, you know, GDPR. I talked to another person today who said, well, we didn't have meeting because the platform couldn't help us with GDPR. So we were too afraid to to show. So they literally missed out on a very core component. So having that tech advisor, that eye on it, you know, I've seen how Brian works. You know, it's like he knows the questions to ask. And if you don't have a CIO who's deeply involved in the selection, all of these things are could are big, huge, potential disastrous issues. You are just saying something that I've heard, and I know that this is a huge thing, a huge been a huge stumbling block from the beginning. Is that these companies that were trying to recreate a live event virtually. And that was just like you said, that was just the wrong path to go down. So get that needs assessment. Just like Heather said, you have to have that needs assessment. You got to get the right people to the table. Who are your stakeholders? Who needs to be at the table and find out what are their goals? Don't just pick a platform. Like, like Heather was saying that that person that picked the platform that met their needs, but without looking at and, and conferencing with all the other stakeholders, my gosh, such great advice there and understand the support required. You do not want to be caught off guard. I, got, I was talking with a show organizer that minutes before the event went live, it, it crashed. And they had like one person, they had to make phone calls because they had nobody helping them out. So you have to understand, you have to do your homework. So for, for companies that are doing this, what are, what are some of the, the questions that they need to be asking the platform, the platform 
companies to be able to meet their needs? Say they have their, their needs assessment. How do they best go about that route of now starting that selection process? What is like the, the first things they should do so they're not having to make uh, 300 phone calls to get 300 different demos going? So when Brian and I first came up with this idea to go out and help, you know, you have to go, uh, it has to be done as the, in an, what I call an efficient organized approach. So what we did is, and we recommend any, whether you're using us or somebody else or you're doing it on your own is, you know, you have to start with that needs assessment. What does this, what do we need? And what is our strategy in terms of this virtual event and the outcomes? Okay. And then you have to then put in what we call top must haves. Like if you don't do this, we can't talk to you. So what we did is we created a long list of potential platforms we had researched and we sent out a questionnaire to all of them saying, hey, you know, these are absolute must-haves. If you can't do one of these things, just let us know because we will not be able to use you. And it went across marketing, customer experience, like attendees, registration integration in this particular case all of the technology issues, sponsor delivery, all right? If your model is on sponsor revenue and that's your main revenue stream, like that was huge. And some other, what we call, you know, gamification and things like that. And so you then go through that and you try to get, take a long list to a short list. And, and clearly pricing's involved, but my experience is that an event organizer will have a price in mind of what they wanna spend, you don't, and, and the pricing swings of all of these vendors is so, there's a huge difference. So I tend to actually leave pricing out for the first, I'll let them know what the budget is, but I wouldn't knock a person out because of the price. It's more important what they do, what their credibility is. And then you take that short, shorter list, and then you conduct a demos and you try to kick out, you know, once you go through the demos, because you're never going to get the full answer in that first questionnaire to your short, short list. And then you bring them in front of your key stakeholders to really hone in on those. But it is a, it's a process and there's time involved. Brian puts together an incredible questionnaire on the technology side. So I don't know if you, you know, want to add on to that, Brian. Well, I do. I think, I think the first thing an organization or event organizer has to get, have like a moment of truth to answer your question about if we're going to go to market and look for this, it's, it's, do you have the cycles and the time to effectively do it? Because it's very time consuming. It is. I mean, you know, Heather had reeled off some of these steps that sound relatively easy, you know, but contact, you know, creating the list that she said, and then contacting a long list and then going through all of the responses and, having the connections with the people, finding the right people to get that alone is quite a bit of work, you know, and, the, and then, and, and it just goes on from there. And so I think, you know, and, and I understand the challenge here, which is, which is really tough with event organizers is, you know, everyone's stretched this year, you know, and, and we only have so many people and yet we have to put these events on and, and it's a, it's a harsh reality that many are, are grappling with about this is, you know, this is, it takes more time than we have to be able to put into this, right? You know, but that's the first thing is just try to get the resources set aside and aligned to be able, you know, to, to do the justice that you need. The thing I would add is, is when is, and, and something that, you know, we're, we're, we're really proud of that we can bring to the table as well, but all, all too often, uh, I think event organizers, and this is not just for virtual event platforms, this is for really any software. They have a, a provider come in and it's kind of like, 
well, give us your demo. And then they kind of sit there. The provider has a, has a journey in mind that they want to give you. And it's from their perspective. It's what mm-hmm. they think is important. But the, but, but the event organizer has a completely different set of needs or interests. So they continually pull them with different questions that kind of meander the journey. And then it begins this dance and tug of war. And then before you know it, you've actually kind of spent your 90 minutes or whatever. And you really didn't get a lot done because it, it wasn't organized and focused. And so a big part of what we saw as a need in the, in the industry is to help get an alignment, basically about a script. You know, we want to know what the, what the event organizer really needs to see. And then we're going to get these providers to say, you have to show this and follow it in this way. Now that's, it's been an interesting, you know, they're, they're, of course they're like, well, I'd just rather give my, my normal demo, right? <laughs> but what they, but then when they hear this, it's like, look, this, these are, this is the gold that this, that this, this is the treasure that this event organizer, if you deliver this treasure, then you're good, right? Then you've got the, and they're like, okay, well then we'll do that because that's how you get, you know, that's the best chance to getting that job. So that, that helps with, with time management in, in those scenarios. And I, and I just want to jump in just on the back end of this is to, to, it's asking the right questions in the right areas. Many times the organizer will uh, focus on the front end, i.e. what's the, the user experience, the customer experience for attendees and for the sponsors. And I had a client who did this where they, they were like, oh, this is great. They can, they have a virtual booth, they have all these leads. And then after the event happened, we're like, okay, great. Let's go. You know, we, we want the sponsor to be able to download their leads. Oh no, you have to download their leads for them. And in addition, it's multiple files that are, there's no single source of the truth. There were 50 sponsors. It, it was not only, it not only interrupted and stopped the organization from doing other things, it delayed the leads from being delivered to their sponsors and impacted customer satisfaction. So one is understanding some things on the back, the reporting, accessibility, self-serve for sponsors, et cetera. And then the other one is being able to integrate with your CRM or any other data source so that you're not literally downloading and uploading Excel files. I mean, which is a really horrible way to manage data and makes GDPR really, you know, difficult. But again, these are like these uh, these questions that get missed because they're focused on, you don't have to think about some of that. You do in a way, but not to the degree you do with virtual when you have an in-person event. This is gold. <laughs> I, the, the the stuff that you're giving people to think about right now is just is going to make all the difference in their not just their experience with the platform once they select it, but their experience in just selecting. And and Brian, you brought up so many so many key points, and it can be daunting for those who are going through this the first time, or maybe even the second time, and maybe they made a mistake the first time, or they feel they they just didn't get the results the first time, and the second time they're starting back at square one not knowing if they're even the second time asking the right questions. So there, there is so much they need, they need to consider. And if you could real quick, before, before we move on, explain to anyone who's, who's listening what exactly GDPR is and why is it so critical? Sure, I'll explain that. So that's a, Europe, a, a data privacy law that was passed in Europe that that applies to for the countries that are part of it, which is you know largely all of Europe, applies 
to the privacy of those citizens' data, regardless of where events or you know who's dealing with the data. So in other words, it does affect the U.S. right? You know, mm-hmm. And virtual events that are global and in the cloud, it still affects all of that. And there's a there's a defined set of technologies and procedures and capabilities that a company has to be able to support in order to say they're GDPR compliant. And, you know, I won't go through the details of what all of those are, but Mm -hmm. they're known, but it is something that service providers and platforms have to be very aware of and have to be able to build these particular capabilities in so that they can support, you know, those privacy needs. And it's important because, you know, ultimately it's a law. And so, you know, or companies can be sued if they don't, you know, if they don't follow it and they can, you know, lose the ability to do business and in certain ways. And so, you know, most organizations now have, have done a, 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 a fair job, I think a pretty good job with that. I, I do get a little concerned that as time goes on, you know, that, you know, some laxness might get in there a little bit, you know, because, you know, they're, they're, you don't hear about a lot of people being sued here and there, except some of the big, big guys. But, um, but it's one of the reasons that, you know, that I, I get involved and get to get to talk to them about that and make sure that they're doing the right things. Why it's important to have a CIO on this show today, <laughs> because you probably, you may have just dodged a bullet as you're, as you're trying to figure out which platform to go with and not understanding the, the intricacies of data protection, which is becoming every day more and more and more critical and more legislated. Uh, so make sure that you understand what you're doing. And, and this leads, I think, a natural into tell us about the collaboration the two of you are doing and and all about tech match which sounds like to me from what i've read can really help with a lot of these issues so i was on linkedin and i'm very passionate about data and the the value and power that data can deliver and brian had written a linkedin blog on data and as it relates to events and other things so i was like wow you know, he seems like a kindred soul. Let me go reach out to him because I, you know, H2K Partners works with, you know, the event organizers and media companies about how can, you know, it's again, future-proofing your business and data is a key part of it. So I said to him, hey, I'd love to chat with you. Here's what I do. And there may be a lot of ways we could collaborate, right? Because you have that technology expertise. I have, I have the strategy um, and the go-to-market. And as we're talking, he brings up this idea of, well, you know, what I'm hearing is there's a lot of confusion in the market and I believe there's a way we can help with a, you know, a service that can help them go and evaluate and select a, a virtual event platform. And I it immediately rang a bell for me because I actually had a product that I ran in a previous life where it was a software selection and evaluation tool in the ERP, CRM, and SCM space, basically manufacturing software. So he and I, and I got to tell you, Brian is, you know, boom, went out, started talking to people. I'm sitting there going, oh my God, like, how do I keep up? But yeah, so we put this together and we, you know, we have the name, we got our first client. We're, you know, putting together all of the formalized marketing and we've built our list of features and functions, which is, you know, in the hundreds of line items. And uh, so that's actually how it all transpired. So and Brian, I don't know if you want to add anything in, but 
Well, that's my side of the story. <laughs> that is that is how it transpired, and it all started around yeah, our our passion for data. But what was what's neat about this is that, and this is it. I view TechMatch the service as positive a win-win for all the people that are involved in it. You know, we've been talking about the challenges that the event organizers have, and and clearly how we can, you know, how how we can help with that, and but. We can also help with, with the virtual event platforms because the more that we have connection with them, you know, the more engagements we have and we get to understand all a broader scope of platforms even deeper, then we're actually helping qualify and align, you know, the event organizers with the platforms prior to even connecting them, right? You know, so all of a sudden, all of that misunderstanding and confusion that was going on, it's starting to get cleared up and it's you know, hey, what, you ex- what you're wanting is exactly what I provide. How about that? That's neat. That worked out well, right? And so it works out for them. And then if you can get those two groups, the event organizers and the platforms aligned that way, well, guess what happens? Then your attendees and your exhibitors and your sponsors are happy and they're, happy and they're like, that was a great meeting, right? And all of a sudden everyone's happy, right? So, so I think it's, it's a, an exciting thing because there's so many upsides to it. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Well, it really sounds like, you're going to make the whole process so much more efficient, uh, eliminating a lot of the headaches and a lot of the stress of, are we, are we asking the right questions? Because now as part of this, do you help them all the way through that needs assessment as well? Yeah, we do. And I actually just wanted to, to add on to that. It's, it's not only that we're helping them with efficiency it, it, it actually does reduce cost because if you're actually allowing the team to do what they excel at while we're out doing this, they can actually make their event more successful. But the most important thing in my mind, making a mistake on the platform, it is dangerous and, 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 and painful, not just for the event organizer, because it will absolutely impact revenue. It will impact cost because you may have to start, you know, band-aiding problems it's bad for the customer experience out there. And if customers have a bad experience on this, it actually has a halo effect for other events. It's very bad for the, the event tech company, the virtual event platform, because this is a small industry. So you want to have the right customer, right? We all talk about ideal customer profile and the right match. You want a partner that's that that's, gets your business, that's the right fit. You're not sitting there trying to modify or, or custom this, et cetera, and that they actually meet the needs of your, your IT team, your privacy issues. It, it, it actually, there is a real financial positive impact on utilizing a, a service like this for all parties involved, because again, the mistake is, is, is too costly. Absolutely. And that, like you said, that customer experience, the sponsor experience, you're talking about future revenues potentially lost because they had such a bad experience this year. They're not coming back next year. They're, or, and like you said, even that even wider halo effect, maybe a new sponsor that, that has never uh, sponsored a virtual event gets soured and is just pulls back from all future you know, vir- virtual events until they, they feel, you know, until something changes. So, wow, just really, really impactful. 
So Brian, tell us a little bit more about data and, and the, the importance. I know you t- we talked about GDPR, but tell us more about you know, what, what yeah. brought you two together, that, that it was data at the core. That's uh, fascinating to me. So tell us a little bit more about the, the importance of data, not just from a security standpoint, but what is, what is the key to data in these events? Well, I'm going to speak to it from, from the business perspective of the event organizer. Prior to COVID, the industry was evolving pretty quickly to really t- to come to enlightened, becoming enlightened that, wow, there is power in the data that we have for better marketing, right? For better understanding our, the needs and the, the interest and the engagement of our attendees. And so let's leverage that data to make our events better, to, to strategize better, you know, to inform them better. They were really starting to move that way pretty quickly. And then COVID hit and then the chaos kicked up and it's like, no one's thinking about that stuff anymore. And that's another, you know, another win-win aspect of this. And one of the reasons no one's thinking about that is because of this, this chaotic jostling that we have between, you know, the platform and expectations and event organizers and all that. And everyone's running, they don't have time to, well, who's losing from that? Who's losing our, 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 key stakeholders are, you know, our attendees and our exhibitors and our sponsors. And so that's another win that we're trying to bring. If we can, if we can calm that down, get people back to being focused and doing what they excel at, you know, providing great content and opportunities for, for networking connection, then we can return back to where we were, which was, what's interesting is that these, these virtual platforms are capturing more engagement data than any face-to-face meeting ever did, right? Wow. Because, you know, when some most face-to-face meetings, someone registers and you know they pick up their badge and that's a touch point, a data touch point, and then and then off they go. And you, you know, you don't really know what they're doing until maybe they maybe they scan into a session room or something. Mm-hmm. Well, on virtual platforms, these platforms know what they're doing all the time. They know whether you're, you know, you're clicking and going in, sitting, they know whether you've had you've been dormant for the last 20 minutes and you're not you know, looking at your email, well, they have all of this data, but you know, it takes, it takes some, some, some effective analysis to extract insights out of that. And if I was to have a, you know, a, a word of, you know, of wisdom, if I will, to, to, the, to the platforms themselves, I've, I can say this because I'm a, I'm a software developer and I've worked in companies where we've developed software I think far too many of them are not focusing on that aspect to it. They're getting caught up in the, in the, the feature wars of like, oh, you know, A, B, and C does this. We have to do that because they're trying to get that next customer. They're losing sight on what the long-term value is going to be, which is we've got to get those insights that are meaningful to the business back to those organizers. And that's what's ultimately going to have us win in the end. And so there are a couple of companies out there that are really helping in that area and doing some good work there. But overall, it's, it's, a, it's a lacking place right now. I, I just want to pipe in on that data side to, to reinforce what uh, Brian said. And it is a huge um, miss on all of these platforms. Every single last one of them it is the data. And, and, and let me kind of explain it from a media standpoint to so in the old days, right, when you had a website, you could tell who clicked on an article, what other articles they went to, when they, you know, how long they spent on your site, how many page views. But a media website is a passive website, right? It's it's great. It's I'm looking at articles, but there's really not much more to do than that. 
-hmm. A virtual event is having live sessions. They're having networking events. They have a product showcase. They have gamification. They, they, they have all of this stuff that's happening that every single touch point and, and, and behavior and time spent in all of those areas tells a story about a buyer, a prospect. And if you're able through that to create one single source of truth for your sponsors about this prospect, you know every booth they visited, you know every session they went in, how long, you know what questions they asked. If they went in and they, they submitted questions in a, a panel discussion, you know, if, if, if they, you, you could have round tables or you could have, you know, some virtual platforms have um, meetups that attendees can launch themselves. Hey, I want to have a meetup on topic AYZ and they do it on the platform and then people join. You actually can say that's a super user. Okay, I might want to engage that person to help me with my event from a marketing standpoint. So for the event organizer, that data is very powerful. And then all of that, that buying behavior helps those sponsors understand who is a hot prospect in the pipeline, who needs to be followed up first, who's more of a tire kicker and passive. That is happening in an active digital environment, right, which is very robust which in turn will deliver more ROI for your sponsor. And it does give the sales team a much more powerful selling narrative as they're going out to market about the community that they're reaching and their activity level, but also for renewals and rebooks. When you go to the sponsor and you're able to say, well, like, hey, we gave you a single source of truth. You know, we, you know, these were your tens. This is what they did. We know they came to your booth 10 times. They downloaded this. They went to your session. You know, we know, you know, blah, blah, blah. And if they're saying, well, I didn't get any ROI from your event, you could say, well, I have all this data. Like what happened? Right. So, so the data part is, and I'm just scratching the surface is profound as a, as a tool, an asset, the key value for these event organizers. And they have so much of it on the virtual and it can teach them a lot, by the way, what they should be doing in in-person. Those three magical letters, ROI, is, is really what it's all about. But you, you hit on it really, I think, and you know this early on when you said needs assessment, because if you, without the needs assessment, without the right people at the table, you don't know the right questions to ask to make that, that correct selection. And for for any of the platform builders, the, the software companies who are building these virtual platforms, anyone listening, please take the advice and build in the key data capture points that are needed for the customers, for the, the companies, the associations that are utilizing your event platforms is just going to make all the difference for the future. This is, this is going to be absolute gold for, for the right the company. You gave everyone listening so much to work with here, so much that they can start being a little more confident about the steps they need to take. But there's still going to be a lot of uh, people that are going to be so overwhelmed by, the, by this process because it can be overwhelming. So what is the best way for people to learn more about TechMatch? So, so we're in the process of putting together a, a joint website between our partner, you know, you know, their partnership. I would say the best way right now is to either email Brian or myself. 
my email is heather at h2k, you know, h the number two k partners.co. And Brian, your email is Brian Scott at cleartoneconsulting.com. And I will drop those in the show notes. So anyone just click on that show notes button and you will get the, the contact information for Brian and for Heather. So shoot them an email. Okay, so as we wrap up here, what are a couple of key takeaways that you want people to really get from today's discussion? I would say that understand two things. Understand that it is the market has changed drastically. There's almost an infinite amount of different choices and players now. So it's got very complex. And each of these applications have gotten deeper and wider and are changing by the week. So in order to further your business and really make the best strategic decision for all of your stakeholders, let your teams do what they're best at and utilize another group of you know, folks or individuals or experts, whether it's us or anyone else, right? To do that heavy lifting with what they know so that in the end, it's a win-win. So you don't find yourself as one of those event organizers with, with some un- unhappy you know, stakeholders. You know, I think to, to reinforce what Brian said is one, you need a strategy first and understanding that it's not what you did before. It's what you want to be today and in the future and the aspirational customer experience that you want to deliver to your attendees, your speakers, your sponsors and exhibitors, and even your, your team, right? In the back end, who's doing the event, like understanding that first allows you to go into that needs list, right? Which is more getting into the weeds, but that strategy is so important and taking the time to do it and taking a deep breath with it, i.e. not, you need to spend time on that and getting it down and, and knowing what that is, is my first, you know, takeaway. The second one is the technology side. What are the technology requirements your company has to deliver an experience virtually? It's so important because there's just too much risk. And a longer term vision, I think what happened in 2020 is everyone was like, okay, we just have to do this right now because in-person's coming back in 2021. Or actually there were people saying it was coming back in August through you know December in 2020. Sure. Yeah. You know, the reality is this. One is reality point number one is there are events that actually do better virtually and we should actually stay virtual, right? It, it from a profit standpoint, from a customer experience standpoint, et cetera. And we, we've actually spoken to, you know, potential customers that have that experience. The ones that go back to in-person, the expectation has to be that it's not enough that there is a vaccine or that governments are opening up. You've got some other factors you have to consider, which is people's fear, companies' fear of risk, and, you know, and also just a permanent lifestyle change that's happened in the work environment. Like I don't need, I can do a lot of this. Your customers are saying, I can do a lot of the stuff I was doing virtually. So how do you meld that into a hybrid experience? And what does hybrid mean? And then what do your in-person events actually look like in the new, in the new reality? And, you know, building that strategy, but virtual is always going to be there. Like how do you incorporate it? Cause it, it, it delivers value. So, so much great information there. So much to think about and so much for people to unpack. I'm sure you're going to have people listening to this episode a couple of times to really get the the full breath of everything that they need to consider. So Brian and Heather, thank you so much. Everyone listening, 
check out tech match please reach out to brian and heather check out the show notes get their emails shoot them an email and look for their their upcoming website which will have even more information but brian and heather thank you so much for joining me today it's been it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you for sharing so much amazing information our pleasure thank you so much and for everyone listening, again, reach out to Brian and Heather, learn about TechMatch, take some of the worry, some of the headaches out of this whole process, and continue to come back to Trade University, obviously, and uh, check out some of our, our prior episodes and subscribe. Don't miss an upcoming episode, and we'll see everyone here on campus next time at Trade Show University.